Hello and welcome back to the Divided Opinion podcast. Today it's just me again, Joel. Um, Henry's obviously away, so it's just me. I thought I asked you guys to send some questions in, and you did, so I appreciate that. And yeah, I'm just going to discuss a few things, kind of just get back into the swing of things really. Um, obviously it's been so long since we were making content for you guys, making podcasts, so it's good to be back. And obviously it's been, as always... It's been an eventful week for football. So I'll, we'll get, I'll just get started. I'll just go into some of the questions that you've asked. Thoughts on the City situation regarding Kane and Grealish plus players being transfer listed. Uh, it, it's interesting at City. And it, they're in a constant war really with... When you're a side that's that successful, it's easy to slip into a rut of where you continue to just use the same players and the if it ain't broke don't fix it but with City it's kind of it's hard to pinpoint whether they need to sign new players or what and because there is an element of the fact that they are obviously achieving in the Premier League and they have done for years now um, in the the game plan of the owners when they took over the Premier League would have been a big part of it and they have achieved that and obviously that's that's commendable but They've never quite created a Champions League winning team. And I think you have to understand that they're completely different entities. And what it takes to win a Premier League, it's completely different for a Champions League. Now, we've seen with City that they've got the squad, the robust squad that can take 60-odd games a season. Um, and they can they can use rotation to their advantage, and they've certainly adva- been to an advantage this season. Well, the season just gone because of COVID, because of the fixture congestion. Their squad is obviously te- like twice the size of any other team in terms of depth, and even their young players that won't get a single minute would would get onto the first eleven for most teams in the league. They've never quite had the team that can do it on a night. Where the pressure's on in the Champions League, you're away in Europe, whatever. When it comes down to it, it's just 90 minutes or two 90-minute legs and you've got to perform on those nights. And they've never quite achieved it. And if you look some of the names that they've had, it's quite disappointing because you've had the likes of Aguero, Yaya Torres, people like Vincent Company that you would expect to count on these kind of nights. And even now, they've got the likes of De Bruyne. Obviously, Ruben Diaz has only had a season, but You'd expect these players to show up on the night. The City clearly just, there's something just not there. And I'm not sure what it is. But in terms of the, the European nights and the big nights, that is, is what still has evaded their grasp. So yeah, going back to the question in relation to transfers. Now in terms of outgoings, because that is clear to see that like a lot of clubs the most important thing is that they offload some of their players before they are able to splash a cash so with City there's obviously there's been a lot of talk about their wingers and they've they've kind of Pep's never been fully settled on what his best wingers are I think we saw Mares play a lot last season and I actually thought it was probably the best I've seen Mares apart from that title winning season with Leicester um, and then you'd obviously you've got the likes of Bernardo Silva, but there's now there's talk of him maybe leaving to make way for someone like Grealish. 
there was before the Euros there was a lot of rumours about Sterling and his how happy he was and let's be honest how happy Pep was with him it was less from a Sterling side I get, I get the feeling with Sterling that if C have him and they're willing to pay the money and keep upgrading his contract I think he'd be happy to run his career out at Man City um, Sterling and I think he'd be wise to do so but yeah there was talk of Sterling maybe leaving but now when there's talk of Kane coming in I mean I don't know about you guys but I thought Sterling and Kane at the Euros were kind of a like the the duo of the of the tournament and the way those two linked up it'd be it'd be a pleasure to watch him for City and I think yeah with Kane coming in I think it would be ridiculous to let um let Sterling leave the form he's in I thought he was absolutely outstanding at the Euros probably England's best player and one of probably should have won the tournament player of the season well the player yeah he probably should have won player of the tournament in fairness to him um, but then, if you don't get rid of Sterling, can you bring a Grealish in? They're probably both going to want to play off the left-hand side. I mean, imagine a Grealish, Kane and Sterling from three. That would be outrageous. But then, it's just this ruthlessness, though, from City. It is ruthless. Like, so I thought, well, Sterling, I mean, he's 26 years old. His goal-scoring record must be up there with the best in Europe for his age. And he's done it season on season for City. Yeah, there is debate around Sterling, and I, I've spoke about it before with Sterling, how we need to adapt to the way we we see Sterling and the, the expectations we've got of him. He is going to frustrate at times. He's maybe not going to be in every passage of play, not going to be involved all the time, and he will go missing. But I think we need to start seeing him as, as a poacher almost. And he's kind of rewritten what a winger should be and what a, ring, a winger how they should play and where they should find their goals and where they should influence play because he he can do it he can pick the ball up on the edge of the area or on the wing and run at players but let's he's he's best in and around the penalty area and I'll, I'll never have this narrative that he always scores tap-ins or whatever fair enough it might be true but it's still not easy and if it was easy we'd get hundreds of tapping merchants but we don't it's an art we there's very few players that can do it and get in the right place at the right time and and with Sterling as well like you, if you're playing in a team like City it's very easy to get I'm sure you've seen it with maybe watching Manchester United or another some of the other big teams when when a player's not at the level you can see they stand out and Sterling doesn't which obviously could be taken two ways but I really, I think City would be silly to let Sterling go, which obviously maybe closed the door to a Grealish. And I think going back to Mares as well on the other side, like I thought he had one of his best seasons. He just offers something that no one else in world football really offers. Mares is his own player, really. There's not really, a, I can't. There's obviously a few players, maybe a Ziyech, someone like that. That's kind of similar, but in terms of what Mares does, coming off that right hand side, getting on that left foot. There's no one better. And it's he's also improved his right foot as well. So he's even more unpredictable now. I mean, I'd like to see that. I would like to see a Kane, Sterling and Maris front three. I'd like to see what that could achieve. Um, I think you've got a great blend there of players that someone to come to short. And you can also play in behind. You've got... I, I just think that would be excellent. And you could... Yeah, I like, I like the sound of that. Um... So yeah, in terms of 
Kane and Grealish. Can we see both of them happening? I mean, we're talking 100 and... I think I've seen 160 million for Kane. I just... He's very quiet in the City camp. And I think that's probably a good thing. In terms of these kind of signings, less is more. And I know, obviously, you've got the, the typical kind of Sky Sports and Talk Sport or whatever who want to just get a headline out of it. And God knows where they get their sources from, but it seems... That's sometimes it just seems far fetched, and the stories don't really have much substance to them. It seems to just be a rumor, and there's never really a name. They don't put a name to whoever's kind of given them that information. But yeah, I obviously both players will still be on holiday at the moment, so no, no um, advances would have happened. But I could see one of them happening, and. I think it'd be most likely to be Kane because it's just City have got a gaping hole up front and they might have been able to make do with playing De Bruyne in the hole or in the false nine or maybe, I mean, Jesus, I just, I think we all thought that Jesus was going to be the ready-made replacement for, for Aguero, but it just never happened and he's never, he's just not got that 20 goal a season in him. I mean, like he's just not consistent and he he goes missing, he's not a presence He's kind of seems like he'll always be, if he wants to be a team like Man City, I think he's always going to have to settle for being the backup striker. I'm sure that's something he's not happy with. But I just, in the long run, I cannot see him for, um, ever being trusted by Pep. And we know how ruthless he is, Pep. He just doesn't hang He doesn't hang around. I mean, look at the treatment of Sterling and, and Mares. Just two players that have been great servants to the club. Won a league title last season. Won a league cup. But still, it's not enough. Now we've got another question here. Signing of the summer so far. It's an interesting one. And obviously, a certain Manchester side have been pretty active in the transfer window. But I'm not going to go into it today because I think I want Westy to be on the podcast at the same time so we can have a debate about it. I personally don't think their signings have... I don't think they're as... as, I don't know. I don't think they've... as much, I don't think they're as like, I don't think they're as well thought out as they could be. Um, so signing of the summer so far, I I like um, that Joachim Anderson that played at Fulham last season. Yeah, he looks like he's nearing a move to Crystal Palace. Let me get a quick update on that. Actually, here we go. One day ago, Fabrizio Romano done deal. Here we go. Confirmed. Joachim Anderson joins Crystal Palace on a permanent deal from Leon contract until 2026 now I really like that signing and partnered with the fact that they signed and I'm going to risk saying it wrong it was Mark Gway from Chelsea he was on loan at Swansea last season and I've heard nothing but good things about him Chelsea I mean it's another talented player that they've let go um, and those two at the back could be excellent I really liked Wacky Manderson last season in his partnership with Adarabai at Fulham I thought they were excellent um, he's got a composed head. I'll see actually how old he is. At 25 years old, I mean, that's perfect age f- for any player. He's mo- he's, you wouldn't say he's in his prime yet, and you'd probably put, say a centre-back's prime's a little bit later than other positions. And, yeah, I, I really like the look of him. 22 million. I'll tell you what, I would have taken him at Leicester, 100%. So I'd, I'd like to say early shout-out, I'd say him, for signing of the, of the summer. 
Obviously, Crystal Palace have got Patrick Vieira in charge now. His kind of managerial talent, I suppose, has is kind of yet to be seen, really. Um, he's obviously a legend of the game, and I'm sure he's got unbelievable leadership qualities, but it's yet to be seen. I, 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 I'm not sure how well I see Patrick Vieira doing. Um, I just... I don't know if it's from past experience of managers like that, kind of the big names, they come in, get the jobs because of their big name. It's a hard one, really, because he obviously hasn't probably got the job through his managerial experience, but he had to be seen, and he's making some good signings, definitely. And I think a, player, a guy of his of his calibre should be able to keep Zaha around. And a, an ego like Zaha, you need a, an ego like Patrick Vieira to kind of to contrast it and keep him in his lane so I think I think Palace it could be an interesting one really I think it could go either way and I can't really see them being middle of the road I think it could either be a catastrophic season or could be pretty impressive now yeah I like them they've got obviously they've got the likes of Eze and Zaha there already I, th- I think signing two really good centre-backs that are a good age that are both, you'd probably say both got sell-on value as well, definitely actually, and yeah, no, I, I, Crystal Palace will be a, a, kind of maybe a team to watch really, definitely be exciting over there, because I think something they've lacked really recently, they've not been a particularly good team to watch Palace, and obviously they've got an unbelievable following, and they're an, they are an exciting team, and they're known as an exciting team, they've always had, they've always got young, bright young talents coming through, but Recently, it's just, yeah, it's not quite been there. We've obviously got Ashley Young. who has gone to Aston Villa. Aston Villa, I think, if we're talking transfer, win, best transfer windows so far, and obviously, relatively speaking, I think Aston Villa are looking really tidy. I mean, Buendia from Norwich, really good sign in that. I'm sure there are a lot of clubs in for him and a lot of clubs interested. 38 million for a championship player is a lot. I mean, he's technically a Premier League player now, but... I think he could be an excellent signing. He's versatile, can play as a fullback, as a wing back on the wing, and yeah, I think Villa have got a really good player there, and can kind of go on the other side of the other side to Grealish. They've brought in Ashley Young as well from Inter Milan. Obviously, just off the back of winning the league with them, brings bags of experience. He's kind of a, a signing for the football romantic as well. He obviously had a good few seasons there, which earned him the move to Manchester United. Um, so, yeah, no, I think Aston Villa have had a good window. Just having a look through, kind of jogging my memory of some of the signings. It's obviously a lot of teams have been quite quiet, and that's obviously due to COVID. And obviously I'm posting stay about Aaron Ramsey. And it's interesting to me, really, because we were obviously, before COVID and well, during COVID, when we realised the, the financial impacts it was going to have, not only on football, but obviously the the whole of the economy. And we all kind of talked about clubs not really having enough to spend. But now it almost seems that clubs almost want to just, people are wanting, it doesn't matter how much you got to spend because clubs are willing to let players go. And I think, I mean, Varane's now gone to United for £35 million. Um, You've got Leicester signing players like Samari for £20 million or Ramsey being offered up for £8.5 million. And there are some really good, cheap players going at the moment. And 
it's kind of a, an effect of the and the sides of the pandemic that I didn't really see happening, and it's good because. But it's something that's not good. Like it's obviously it's a sign of the the financial difficulty certain clubs are in, and I mean that especially clubs in in lots of Spain and in Italy and France. And I personally believe that something needs to change over there. Some kind of I don't know. It's not going. And it's sad for me. And I know we're all in this. I mean, I'm a Premier League fan first and foremost in terms of football and that's the league I follow and obviously I want the best players in the Premier League but I also enjoy having the best European teams and we talk about this European Super League but it, is the prison the Premier League kind of becoming that already I mean we've got all the best managers all the best players are coming I mean once the pull of uh, Messi and Ronaldo has gone I mean the other top leagues Italy and Spain are really looking quite bleak and obviously we know France have just got the pull of PSG and I think something needs to change in football and I, I think if you want my prediction what I can see happening is the Premier League will stay the same but I think you'll see the Spanish League, the Italian League, the French League and a few other the big leagues with big teams, with big fan bases I think you will see them come together and form some kind of Super League I just think it's inevitable just the way football is going and the money is becoming so dis disproportionate and these other leagues they're scared that the Premier League's becoming like an NFL or an NBA where it is just one Super League and all the, the world's top talent goes to that league so yeah I mean I've gone off on a very big tangent there but I just that's the way I can see it going and I think that is having an impact on the transfers because you've seen these clubs these foreign clubs that are willing to just sell players for any price and then they're making signings that aren't particularly ambitious taking free agents off premier league teams etc it's just yeah it's football's certainly in a transition period at the moment so yeah i'm looking for actually it'd be quite an interesting thing to do is just kind of review each club's transfer window so far and we'll do i'll do a proper near the end of the of the window, me and Westy, those kind of uh, content we're really looking forward to doing. The kind of predicting next season, going rating teams, transfer windows, stuff like that. We're really looking forward to doing that, and we're going to be back soon doing the proper episodes. Obviously, this isn't the divided opinion podcast. I don't really know what this is. Just like a little throwaway bonus episode for you to kind of get back into the swing of things. But yeah, I'll just go through a couple of scenes. I mean, Everton have signed Andros Townsend, Begovic, Damari Gray for 1.6 million from Bayer Leverkusen. Had a short six months in Germany and then decided to come back. It's interesting with Gray. And I mean, his agent must be an absolute miracle worker. I'm not sure. A few seasons back, Gray, the best game I've ever seen him play was at home against Everton. And he went on some barnstorming run, created the goal. I don't think he scored, but he got an assist. I don't know if that's lived long in the memory. If that's what's um, kind of influenced the signing. But, I mean, I'm looking now. Everton have signed Andros Townsend on a free. Begovic on a free. I mean, that's what's that? A backup third choice goalkeeper. Maybe even a player coach. Damari Gray, 1.6 million. I mean, I don't know what's going on at Everton. Because I've heard rumours of Hammers wanting to leave. Obviously, it was a real shame, I think, with Carlo Ancelotti because kind of reflected badly on him but I genuinely do think he was there at Everton for the long run but when Real Madrid come a knocking you just can't really say no can you um 
you can't really blame the boat bloke, but I'd be really frustrated if I was an Everton fan because it was starting to look up last season. I mean, not in terms of the style of play. The style, Everton's style of play is, I genuinely think them and Wolves are probably the worst in the Premier League, just on watch watchability, if that's a word. They're productive and they, they, they do well and it works for them. So I'm not taking anything away from it. You still have to implement a game plan. But isn't yeah, it's not the best football to watch, is it? And I mean, those signings really can't be filling Everton fans with much op- optimism. Really can't. So Leeds, have, oh, I think that might have to be my signing of the summer. I I put him down as my kind of outsider player of the season. A bit of a random one last year. Last year, not my actual player of the season, but. Jack Harrison at Leeds. I thought he was outstanding last season. They've actually made his deal from Man City permanent, undisclosed fee. I think that that could prove a really, really tidy piece of business. And understand that it's obviously technically not really a new signing, but I think that that's a great piece of business from them. And Jack Harrison's a top, top player. So yeah, there are a couple of the signings. So for me, the signing of the summer so far... I mean, Jack Harrison, if you can count it as one, I like that. I think that's a really nice signing. Um, Wacky Manderson going to Palace is a really good signing. I like the move, um, Billy Gilmore to Norwich. I think that's a good move on loan. Good for both. So, yeah, let's move on to the next question. Now, I've got a mixture of questions, really. I think some people thought it might have just been a general Q&A. And some also thought... It was a football Q&A, so we'll answer we'll, we'll all of them. Dream person slash podcast collab. I mean, is this... I, mean, I don't know if it's dead or alive. I think we'll, we'll stick with alive. A bit more attainable. Um, mm, that's a good question, you know. I'd have to say... I, I think I'd have to say someone like... you. Obviously, you've got to think... It's obviously got to be football related and... You, uh, it has to be someone that just knows. I mean, if we're saying like a collab, so if we're saying like another YouTuber or an influencer, I'd I'd love to do something with. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of him. It's James Alcott. He makes videos on YouTube. He's part of like the Kickoff, which True Geordie does, or used to be part of that. And he he did a lot of content throughout the Euros, and it's really good. It's really good content. I'd re- I'd recommend you checking it out on YouTube. He knows his football, and he puts a lot of effort into each video, which is a lot more to be than, than can be said for a lot of people. He doesn't talk about all the nonsense that some people talk about and clickbait with transfer news or whatever. He goes into each game, and throughout the Euros, he was kind of previewing each game. And yeah, I, I really like James Allcott. I think he's a top bloke. So that would be a that would be a dream collab. In terms of a person on the podcast, I think someone like Gary Neville would be really interesting. Someone maybe a Jose Mourinho, someone like that. Just, just someone that you because you need maybe maybe not Jose Mourinho because you just don't really know what kind of day you're going to catch him on. But someone like Gary Neville that I know is going to give something back and actually not be worrying about annoying people or what he's saying. So yeah, Gary Neville or James Olcott. Who do you think are the top three best signings in the window so far in the Premier League? Kind of already answered that, but I'll say again, Wacky Manderson, um, Jack Harrison, and then I'm going to say uh, Samari at Leicester as well. I didn't want my bias to come through, but I think Samari's going to be absolutely electric. 
dynamite this season. I'm telling you now. Will Harland leave Dortmund? Uh, ITK Joel. I, I've got my sources close to Harland, but I'm not sure. I think with Harland, I can see him staying for another season. Seems to be all the mutterings that are coming out that are coming out of the Dortmund camp, and I've seen photos of him training. He seems focused. For Harland, I mean, how old is he now? Harland's he's still twenty one years old. I mean, the guy's in no rush. He'd be it'd be ridiculous for him to rush it now. Why not just have another season at Dortmund? You've seen how good they are at uh, creating young talent. It would be a shame for him without Sancho, absolutely, because Sancho was I mean he's a creative spark, Sancho. And the little passes in between the lines and little through balls he's he's excellent at. So a talent like that next to him is gonna be a big loss for um for Harland. So I'm just going to have a look now, a quick article, what the latest update on Haaland is for you. So this comes from the Express, or the Daily Express. Erling Haaland addresses Chelsea transfer as Roman Abramovich explores blockbuster deal. So yeah, I think it's well documented that the Norway international is Tuchel's top target, but he's also a lot of teams' top target, and... It's interesting, really, because if they went for him this season, I think they'd have far less competition to sign him. But they'd obviously have to pay more money. So his contract runs out in 2024. He's got ages. So, I mean, they'll still be asking for a lot of money next season. Maybe less. I mean, you just don't know, do you? He's The way he's going, Haaland, I mean, he's... he's me and Westy were talking about it the other day. I mean, him and Mbappe are... The two guys, maybe not even Mbappe. I think Haaland is probably the only guy that can... It's shown that he could be some kind of threat to the Ronaldo and Messi in terms of numbers. Not saying in terms of talent. Don't think he's anywhere near as well-rounded as Messi and Ronaldo. But in terms of goal scoring and the numbers he's going to put up over the next years are going to be just ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. In terms of productivity... I don't think I've ever seen a player like it. And whatever team gets him is just... I don't know if they're going to have like, how many years they'll get out of him because he will want to move on. And I think he will have that kind of career where he likes to move on and win as much as he can because the ambition is definitely there. Um, but whoever can get hold of him is going to get bags of goals out of him, 40-plus goals a season, and then they're going to make a load of money out of him anyway. So Chelsea sign him next season. He's 22. Sell him on in five years and be 27. What are you going to get then? You could get even more. I mean, the way the market's going, prices just keep going up and up. Um, See, I'm reading this article here. Haaland doesn't seem phased by the speculation. So I had a little chat with him today. Actually, he just passed by and asked me, hey, are there any news about me? I said, no, actually, no. Chelsea's still at 150 million. And he was smiling and said, no, I'm not that worth. Not great English, but yeah, we'll move on. I think I think Haaland will stay, in my opinion. But if Chelsea put the money down, he'll go. Which players will flop this season, as well as players you think will surprise people? Well, I suppose, I mean, that's probably a, a podcast for another day, really. Kind of putting some research really into the newly promoted teams and who we need to look out for. Because I've got to be honest, Football League... I keep a close eye. I keep an eye on it, and I kind of know what's going on. But 
in terms of the new players, I mean, Ivan Tony obviously is going to, I think, fantasy players are loving a bit of Ivan Tony and he'll be in most people's team at the start of the season and he probably is one to watch. But obviously, a goal scorer in the Championship is yet to be seen. Can he do it in the Premier League? We've seen countless examples. I'm, I'm thinking Ross McCormack, Jordan Rhodes. I mean, they were, they look like R9 in the Championship, but as soon as they got into the Premier League, it just wasn't there. So, yeah, we'll see. I'll come back to you on that one. And we'll do another episode. And kind of... I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head that I think is going to surprise everyone. Because at the minute as well, it's quite hard to see which team is going to surprise people. Because um, there hasn't been much movement in the transfer window, really. A lot of lo- like a lot of frees and things like that, but in terms of, I mean, I I think, I do think Bubakari Samari is going to be. I think he's going to take the Premier League by storm for Leicester, and there's obviously debate about where he's going to fit in, but I think he could be really really good and everything I've I mean I've seen him play obviously I've watched him play in France and I've seen a lot of highlights and I've watched him get obviously against Burton Albion in pre-season and I was really impressed by what I see and I know people will say uh, it was only pre-season or what have you but I think you can I think you can tell a lot from a player just from the way they move and the way they are on the ball and the confidence they've got on the ball and you kind of you can see that Obviously, he wasn't tested defensively against Burton Albion, but all his stats, his physicality, his athleticism all kind of look really promising in in, in the defensive aspect. And you can see defensively, it's, it's an area of the pitch where you can kind of, statistics can show you quite a lot because tackle success, etc. How many times you're getting taken the ball past you. They're things you can you can measure, and those are all parts of his game that I knew he had. And the, the more I watch him, the more I realise how what he can offer going forward. Getting his head up, and I, I put a post up about him the other day. So if you want to check that out, obviously it's at divided opinion on Instagram. I think you you guys are probably already aware of it, but we upload articles and stuff on there. And this is where we we these kind of questions you're asking, we kind of put posts up about stuff like this and which players we think are the ones to look out for Westy does um these one to watch posts once kind of once a week a new or young player that you can put on your short list on your career modes and yeah so yeah make sure to check us out on there and while you're at it as well once you've finished listening to this episode if you could if you if you're on spotify just follow the podcast um if you're on Apple Music, subscribe to the podcast. Google, I'm not actually too familiar what you got to do on Google, but whatever you do, if it's a subscribe, follow, like the podcast, if you could do it, I would be really, really appreciated because it it helps get the episodes out there and it widens our audience. And yeah, and yeah, enough with that. Let's carry on. Right, the next question, and this is another kind of not really football related question, but. Do you ever see see yourself moving the podcast to YouTube? The podcast, the full full length podcast, no. Um, I just don't think it would work on YouTube. Kind of long to long form. Don't think it's ideal for you guys. For us, like just, I think what the one where we would like to move with it is 
uploading clips of the podcast onto YouTube and maybe other kind of video related content that isn't to do with the podcast. So maybe just yeah, the podcast will never go fully on YouTube. We'll stick keep the full podcast on the podcast platforms. But yeah, we'll definitely one we'll get to a stage where we put clips up. And obviously we're kinda of just developing really and we're new to this. Like getting this set up first and foremost for the podcast was took a bit of doing and the more we yeah the further we we're just constantly developing and learning and it's kind of we only started divided opinion a few months ago so it's yeah we're kind of developing and we but yeah we definitely are going to venture into the world of youtube but the full podcast will always remain on spotify on apple podcasts on google podcasts so that's why it's so important that you follow us subscribe so you know because that is the only place you're going to get them and then you'll know when they're out when the next episodes are out so yeah i hope that answers your question um where do you see lcfc in five years uh, that is a question because if you'd gone back five years and asked me this i definitely wouldn't have predicted where we are now um i think leicester will be wherever we want to be so wherever the owners if they carry on the investment they're doing the club's only going in the right way and you have to understand that to for a club to get to be a, a big six club or because there's always this debate now isn't there about Leicester and whether we are a big six club and whether Arsenal are or whether Spurs are but at the end of the day they are and it's not all it's not all about sadly it's not all about performance on the pitch it's about infrastructure it's about stadiums it's about academies it's obviously about overall fan base etc and there's certain things that Leicester have got to improve if we want to establish ourselves as a big team the stadium needs to be expanded in my opinion i mean a 30,000 stadium for a team of our level now it's it's poor really um and I, I, I think we could definitely sell it out. I, I think our season tickets, I think the it's definitely over twenty thousand is is season tickets in, in the I think it's thirty two thousand capacity. So if we could extend that to maybe a forty or forty five K. I don't obviously I don't know what's feasible. So I have to look into planning permission, etc. But yeah, that's one part that we need to improve and but we've obviously built the training ground and that's that's what I say is why I say like we will be wherever we want to be and everything the owners are doing is going in the right direction and they understand that it is a, a bigger picture and it's kind of you look at the model of Man City and you think they've bought the league or whatever but they did and put in the infrastructure needed and the investment into communities etc that was needed to establish themselves as the team that they are today and it's so much more than just buying the talent on the pitch it's getting the right people involved with the academy and the academy is a huge part and it's a leicester it's is is something that's improving and we've still got we that we've got some unbelievable young players coming through and we've obviously had players like the likes of chilwell come through and that we've moved on but the likes of harvey barnes luke thomas um ronte daly campbell i like the look of I mean, Hamza, I'm not the biggest fan of, but I thought he looked good against Burton Albion. With Leicester, it's it's just a case of we're just kind of 
we've just got to keep persisting and if we keep making sensible signings it's clear that we're we're building a squad that isn't at its peak yet and if you look at the kind of signings and the kind of ages all the players are kind of similar ages and similar points in their career so it's clear that Brendan and the, the the wider staff are building a team that is kind of they're planning for it to peak at a point and I don't know when that point is going to be it probably will be four or five years away from now maybe in the next few years but this team is, is only improving and yeah if you just look through that team it's just full of youth and but not even youth in the sense of 18 year olds these are young players that are in the t- early 20s that are reaching their prime and we they've kind of are showing that it's not just potential the players that we've got are showing that a lot of this is being there's there's a level already if you get my drift there's it's not all just potential so yeah with Leicester very much masters of our own destiny so how do you believe Sancho will adapt to the Prem so I mean personally I don't think there'll be that much adapting that needs to be done he's obviously got a lot of experience of playing at England whatever with players that play Premier League football I don't think the German league is obviously not at the level that the Premier League is at but I don't think it's too dissimilar I think with Sancho it's it's kind of a no-brainer really I've not really the Varane signing I think begs the question if you look at the last couple of years of his career and obviously he's won four Champions Leagues he's won World Cups and won everything you can win and was involved in one of the greatest teams of all time at Real Madrid but over the last two years it's undeniable any man's and Man United fan I know a lot of Man United fans think now just because he's moving to United everyone's saying that they don't rate Varane but he hasn't been that good over the last two seasons he hasn't he's made countless errors it was Westy himself was telling me that he's got the most errors leading to goals in Champions League or just the most errors in Champions League over the last few seasons so it'd be really interesting how Varane does Sancho though I'm not concerned about in terms of how he would do I think he'll be outstanding um, I think United have got an unbelievable player there whether I think United should be putting their money into other positions that's that's a conversation for another day but yeah, no, I think United fans should be very happy with the signing of Sancho. And there's obviously frustration that it wasn't sorted last season, but it's been done now. Fee of around fight, seventy three million, I think I saw plus add ons, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good deal that. And yeah, he just suits it, doesn't he? He just suits Man United and he he'll it'll be very easy for him to slot in there. because he's played with a lot of those players before and I think it's almost seemed like we all knew it was a matter of when rather than if and he's been prepared he must have been preparing himself mentally for this this transfer for years well yeah it's pretty much right it has been years now but yeah it just makes sense and be interested to see how he does if he hits the ground running i i expect him to do so and i'd be disappointed if he doesn't so i think i'm gonna call it a day there and bring this episode to a close I've really enjoyed it, I've really enjoyed being back and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. just wanted to, it's, it's hard work, I've got to be honest. Doing a podcast by yourself is a lot harder. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Westy coming back. Um, the normal episodes will be resuming soon, hopefully. Um, kind of waiting on him. 
it's on his side so so I, I hope you enjoyed the episode and yeah we'll see you soon and we'll keep you posted of updates of what we're doing with the podcast and when it's coming back and I'll I'm gonna keep doing things like this little individual things just to kind of keep you guys yeah just keep the content coming really but I'm looking forward to the real the real podcast to come back because I mean it's divided opinion it's not one opinion we like to the reason it's good is because we've got two of us and bounce off each other and yeah I'm I'm looking forward to the proper episodes to be back and I hope you are as well I hope you've enjoyed this and yeah we'll see you soon